Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines. Alongside Chad Gordon, I am Ryan Lieber. And Chad, uh, well, a solid series, to say the least, for the Cubs. Some ups, some downs, and in the end, they split with the Phillies and still remain in first place heading into the weekend. How are we doing? Doing good. And, I mean, you know, since we're talking about the weekend review, you've got a great – I took it as a, as a great sign. You've got the two top teams in two different divisions in the National League, which is – a much more tougher division if you look at the top and bottoms of each of the divisions. And then uh, and then a solid win against the Nationals. This is a team that has not lost a third series since the first weekend in April. That gives me a lot of hope. So feeling really good. And also this week so far, um, in the last uh, few days, I've seen two Cubs games in person, two uh, up uh, in the Washington Nationals. So I'm, I'm a happy guy. Yeah, you are. You've been able to travel a little bit. You were in Seattle earlier this year and then in Washington. So uh, your streak continues of uh, visiting different ballparks throughout the year. So kudos to you on that. And uh, let's start, though, with the Philly cheese split, as I like to call it. Uh, The Cubs uh, go into this series with the Phillies and we're able to take two of the four games uh, looking pretty solid offensively. Pitching-wise, wasn't probably as good as uh, we had thought it would be, both from the rotation and from the bullpen, and uh, we can get into that. Um, Chad, first let's start with uh, the the finale of the game, which we saw on Thursday, where the Cubs down early, uh, down 7 to nothing early, and then uh, the bats start to wake up a little too late, but uh, 9-7 the final, um, you know, overall offensively, though, I, I'm happy to see what this team is doing. And it kind of, as you said, being able to kind of, you know, allow yourself to see how well you play against the teams that you're most likely going to possibly face in the postseason. Uh, this is always a good early test. And the Cubs continue to play well against the teams that are at the moment the teams that could potentially make the postseason did did you feel as good as I did about seeing this team play these last four games against a team like Philadelphia you know I did and and what's funny is you call out the Thursday game and what I loved about the Thursday game and I, I got this from some of the friends that I message with often during the game what was missing in 17 18 um what what I'm seeing in 19 is as being present is there was never a moment, even down seven nothing. I was at lunch down down three zero. Then it was down four zero. Then it then it expanded. I, the the two guys I was with, I was like, that's okay. It's the third fourth inning. Um, I there's this there's this never say die. We don't quit that I haven't seen for the last two innings. So I was really heartened by the fact. I just it's really hard to overcome nine runs. You know, it's hard to it's hard to to do that. They had their opportunities. They were you know they they left a lot of base runners on. But again, they battled back and got it within. Um, you know, striking distance. So I was, I was pleased by that. And then the other loss, I, you know, Monday night, I honestly wish Jake Arietta would have thrown a, a, a one hit uh, a complete game and, 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 and hit two home runs. I mean, I, I was good either way on that Monday game. I was very heartened by um, and, and felt really good about what I saw in the second straight start. For you, Darvish. I mean, he pitched fantastic. It's too bad that the bullpen gave it away towards the end. But I always think whenever I see the bullpen bullpen give it away, I also look at who's on the other side of the dugout, you know. And this Phillies team is a strong team. That's a powerhouse team. They are made to be in the playoffs and contend. So a split here, 
I'm not feeling too bad about it, especially after another dominating series win against the Nationals. Yeah, 100% on that. I do want to mention as well, uh, our seventh inning stretch conductor this week is Herb Lawrence, the executive producer of Cubs baseball on 670 in Chicago. Yeah, pretty excited about that. Herb's got some nice insights on obviously things that are all about what's happening with the bullpen. And uh, so we'll get into that with him later. Um, But let us move on to the second inning. And uh, certainly something that uh, is starting to be a little troublesome is the fact that John Lester has not looked sharp in his last couple of starts after basically looking like arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, Lester kind of uh, kind of faltering a little bit. He he didn't look good against Washington. And now he uh, has another rocky start in the finale, uh, went only four innings, gave up seven hits and seven runs four of them earned um his era at one point was 1.16 i believe now it is up to 2.68 um so you know when you consider where it was and where it is now certainly not exactly what i would call a good step in the right direction although a 2.68 era is obviously still terrific legally um yeah but again not looking good has lost his last two starts and and when asked about his performance Lester just basically said, you know, kind of the the stock answer of I, I got to figure it out, um, you know, at, at this point, And Lester has just been solid as a rock. You and I have spoken about him all the time on this podcast. Um, at what point do you start to get a little nervous when you're not seeing, you know, what we've normally come to see from John Lester? I mean, for me, uh, I'm hoping he's got to bounce back in his next start. I, I mean, this is. You know, listen, he again, I know it's a lot to put on somebody when you've constantly just seen consistency out of him, but it is a little interesting. I don't think it's anything, you know, physical, Um, maybe just sometimes you don't have it. Although, you know, again, is he going to admit at this moment it's physical? Maybe not. But I hope that in his next start, we start to see him kind of get back uh, to the form that we have always been accustomed to seeing him at this point. You know, here's my take on that. And, and, and I saw him in person on Saturday in, in Washington, and I appreciated him coming out on, on Twitter afterwards and just said, I didn't have it. And you know what? Other than Jake Arietta from a period from uh, 2015 to a period during the season in 2016, every pitcher out there just doesn't have it sometimes, you know, other than Jake back during that time. And if, if we're going to look at these two starts, he didn't have it on Saturday, and I'll give you that, but also – the Nationals played really well, and the, and the Cubs' bats were completely depleted um, after that Friday night shellacking where they just destroyed the Nationals. The Thursday, uh, I'm sorry, the, 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 the more recent game uh, on Thursday, uh, I, you know, it was interesting because there was that opportunity where they did not get that double play ball, and you could see John was visibly shaken by that. And that was the inning where it really got out from underneath him. And I do feel like John is is that emotional pitcher that sometimes when he's like, I should be in the dugout right now, I'm still pitching. And then, boom, he gives up the home run, which makes it a much bigger uh, much bigger game. So I saw that as maybe he lost his, his edge a little bit um, early on in the game, and, and it allowed the, the, it to get away from him. What I would say is I'm not super concerned um, because it's just a two-game, uh, you know, just two games to look at. If you look at his body work since he came back from the DL after being gone since opening day, 
Um, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, and anything sub three in an ERA is is pretty solid. So what I would say about John is as long as he's getting his pitches, as long as um, the weather is cooperating his way and his defense is backing him up, um, he's the guy one on the mound in a key situation. Yep. Uh, let us move on now as we hit the third inning. And some good news for the Cubs when it comes to this maligned bullpen. Uh, Pedro Strope is uh, now going to be able to return, and he is uh, – I'm sure a welcome uh, addition to this team after uh, dealing with some injuries early on in the season. The Cubs also got some decent news on Brandon Morrow, who we have been waiting patiently for. Uh, Morrow apparently threw off a flat ground for the first time since being shut down earlier in the spring. Yes, so let's all get excited (laughs) about that. This coming from uh, Cubby's crib, which our good friend Alex Pat, who is a friend of the show, uh, he is a uh, member of them from fan sided, but uh, Chad, I mean, obviously the Morrow thing, we're certainly not going to see him uh, in the very near future, but I guess any news is good news, but um, I'm sure the Strope edition yeah, is something yeah. that is much more exciting uh, that we can build on. And that certainly will hopefully help this bullpen. Do you, he says he's ready. Um, you know, he kind of struggled a little bit with that hamstring injury, but um, you know, at this point, I, I think even as Pedro Strope at 75% is better than, you know, the rest of the bullpen that the Cubs are dealing with right now. You know, I, you know, a week ago we were praising the bullpen, saying it was one of the best in baseball. And, and Yeah, Joe, I changed my mind. Yeah, you, you know, know what, me, I changed you know, my what mind. Have, what have we done, you know, what have you done for me lately? That's right. Here, here's what That's I would right. say is, is Moro, let's, let's just not even talk about him in the show. Um, for the foreseeable future, I don't think we're going to see Moro uh, in a Cubs uniform again. I just don't. I just I don't feel like it's going to happen. Pedro, we need Pedro. We need him back. Everything we're hearing is he's going to have another bullpen session, and he's probably going to have a rehab stint. So we're not going to see him in the in the Red Series. Where you know I'm excited that I'm going to be out there. Um, the entire first week of June, I'm going to see four or five games of Wrigley. I'm hoping to see Pedro in there and back in the closer role because the the Cubs have, have done a really nice job. CSAC has done a really nice job of that submariner kind of goofy closer role. He hasn't been perfect, obviously. I, I like his velocity from that weird slot angle. Um, but Pedro is the guy. He's your prototypical closer. He was the closer before we made the changes in 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 uh, in, in 15 16. Um, need him back, and if he's feeling good and and he has shared that he is ready he's ready to go that is is so necessary for the cubs because there are a lot of similarities right if you really think about the trajectory of this team and and how they're playing how they're firing all cylinders obviously in 16 they ran away with it for a while and then they absolutely ran away with it after the all-star break um but they were lacking a closer. And this team, I feel, offensively has the tools. Starting pitching has the tools. And I really do think we're going to see a deadline deal. Um, Theo wants to win another title to, to cement his legacy, which is already cemented. Um, but I, I do think we're going to see something at the, at the break. But Pedro Strope needs to come in there. I would love for him to come in there and just show the dominance that he is capable of uh, and stay healthy. Uh, and and uh, and stay off the uh, the IL because um, we're a much better team with his energy, his focus. Uh, this Cubs team needs him back, and it's good to have him back before June. Yep, absolutely agree with that. All right, so let us move on now as uh, we pick up in the fourth inning. And uh, Javi Baez, who certainly uh, had all Cubs fans uh, holding their uh, breath in unison after he tweaked his ankle in the Washington series. 
we weren't sure how long he was going to be out for. It was day-to-day injury, to say the least. But uh, promptly is able to go all Kirk Gibson and uh, hits the game-winning RBI in Game 2 against the Phillies in the Cubs' 3-2 comeback win. Um, and then uh, he did play in the finale on Thursday, uh, going one for five and scoring a run. Um, but was there ever a part of you, Chad? I mean, listen, I, I just don't think of Javi as somebody that can ever get hurt, right? I mean, we see him yeah. contort his body in so many different ways when he is tagging runners, when he's running all out. I mean, he's such a hustler that you would think uh, like something at some point would be uh, the reason why he would no longer be playing and he keeps popping up. So it, it did surprise me a little bit when a kind of a routine play, um, even though, you know, he had to kind of like turn and contort his body a little bit to turn. It's not something we've never seen before from an infielder. That was the play that put him out for a few games. Um, but it seems like he's, you know, working his way back into the lineup and uh, certainly the Cubs are a different team. I mean, that's like the understatement of the year. But the Cubs are a different team with Javi Baez in the lineup um, and, and when he is playing. So it's nice to see that he is back in the swing of things and he's able to kind of get his bat and his groove uh, ready for this weekend against Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not a – if you've gone to a ball game with me, and I would love a, a chance to have every one of our listeners taking a ball game with me because that's a great opportunity to communicate and, and connect and meet people. You and I have the opportunity to see game six uh, in Cleveland. And, you know, I'm not an emotional watcher. I'm not a, an angry watcher. I, I, I'm not a basket case. I, I, I enjoy the flow of the game, and, and, I, and I love to appreciate and watch Sunday – in in Washington D.C., I was hosting 19 of my coworkers. I I don't know how I pulled this off, but I convinced all of them to go to the Cubs game with me, and we had these incredible seats behind home plate. And when that moment happened, now let me be honest: with 19 people, they're not all going to be baseball fans. In fact, we had a Brit that I was explaining the basics of baseball to him, which was very awesome. Um, we've determined <laughs> it somewhat like cricket, somewhat like rounders, whatever those are. Um, so I guess we were over there. They could do that. But I will tell you when that happened, when he went down and it was just people were like looking at me like what was going on? They didn't understand. I what that that was. I was I was terrified. That was yeah. terrifying to see it in person. And I don't know how much, you know, you saw from the TV viewers of that because they, they don't usually don't linger on that sort of stuff. But, you know, when he when he reaches out to Madden's ankle and whatever, he just kind of reaches over. I'm like, oh, my God, did he just have a high ankle sprain, which is debilitating? Did he just snap something by, you know, making that play? It was terrifying. And the legend of Javi Baez just continues to add to it and add to it because just a couple days later, you know, he, he basically says, I'm going to end the game. And he ends the game with one swing, pinch hit, over to right field, little walk off. And then, and here we are, you know, on Thursday, he gets up there and, and, and uh, or, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, you know, wax one out of the park as well. So he looks back to, he looks to be great. He made some incredible plays um, after he came back. But that was terrifying. This team without Javi Baez, oh my gosh, this is a much different team from an energy standpoint. There was a quote uh, that our friend Jesse Rogers shared that uh, that uh, Bryant said on Baez, and he said, I don't even know what's going on with him. I don't know what's going on with him half the time. Um, oh, you're going to pinch hit? I was like, don't, don't, don't even swing at the first pitch. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm going to get this hit, and we're going to go home. And then he tells Pedro Strope before – um, you know, he also says, uh, I'm going to hit this one out of the ballpark. He hits it out of the ballpark. So it's just the legend grows. Th- that guy, 
that guy has all the makings and it's just it's such hyperbole when you, you like you say this because you sound so silly you sound like such a homer but he is gonna have a, a a statue in front of Wrigley Field you know at some point and 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 if he stays on this trajectory and we are so lucky to have you know this guy on our team the most exciting player in all of baseball yep it absolutely is and uh speaking of exciting Chad uh, as we move to the fifth inning, um, Tyler Chatwood, who, um, you know, had a spot start earlier this year, I gotta say he has really been one of the biggest and most pleasant surprises, uh, on this team. Um, he won the game in the Cubs eight, four victory, um, on Wednesday when they beat the Phillies, he pitched four innings, three hits, one earned run, three strikeouts. And I gotta say, Tyler Chatwood has really started to, perform just at a level that I don't think any of us expected uh, going into the year. So I understand that Montgomery and Chadwood are kind of the long relievers at this point, but what would be the harm of potentially, I know Strope's back, but what would have been the harm of possibly putting Chatwood in that role for the time being to have him possibly close out the game is it is it because they need him for long-term relief is that really what it boils down to at this point just because they have Monty and they needed another guy because it seems like when he's on the mound I mean his stuff is good it really is good and maybe it's more of that starter mentality as opposed to a closer mentality but I I don't know he's he's he for my money if he's pitching well, well why not put him out there in the ninth inning and shut shut the door if if you're able to do that i don't i mean that's that's my takeaway from this uh maybe you you think differently though uh you know i think it's hard to go back i think it's hard to go from from starter to just be that guy that's going to get one out two outs or three outs um i love the fact that right now with monty coming back at being back rather we've got a guy from the left side we've got a guy um, from the right side and Chatwood, you know, his ERA is, is, and we don't get too reliant on ERA, but it's a good measure just to look at that. Everybody understands, you know, it's, it's under two, eight, you know, he, he came in and saved the game against the Phillies, Cole Hamels. I mean, he ended up getting the win and, and pitched four strong um, to get us to the ninth inning. And so he looked really good. His, his, uh, his, his walk rate is down. His strikeout rate is, is, is more solid. You know, the thing that I like what that Tyler Chatwood is doing is he's trusting his defense. He's throwing strikes. He's kind of doing what you Darvish has started to do as well. And, I, you know, it's such a breath of fresh air. There are so many, you know, you're just, you know, here's a little note for you. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not a casual, casual fan. If you're really digging into this, um, you know, you'll know the casual fans is if they see Tyler Chatwood and they have something negative to say about it because he has done an absolute turnaround. Joe Madden earlier this week said, um, or Theo rather said earlier this week, you know, it's all on him. He could have went home and pouted. He's getting paid a ton of money, no matter if he performs or doesn't perform. He went back. He figured out how to change his, his arm slot angle. He's getting the ball down in the zone, um, and he's pitching you know, so well and so consistent, which is what you need. So I see him and Monty as they're going to get a spot start here and there because it's a very long season. But to your point about a closer, it just is a different makeup. Pedro Strope and Tyler Chatwood have a different makeup. And if Tyler Chatwood has shown that, hey, uh, I'm going to be good on a spot start. I'm going to be good off the bench. If, if, if somebody like Cole Hamels gets in trouble in the fourth inning, what an incredible weapon. So you've got Monty, you've got Tyler. Now you can fill in the blanks and get to a closer. That's good. That's, that's going to give this team the chance to keep those arms healthy as we get deeper and deeper into the season. 
All right, let's move on to the sixth inning now. And initially, when you and I were going over the rundown, we were talking about how Alberto Mora Jr. has started to heat up a little bit. In his last 24 games, he's hitting 337, five home runs, 14 RBIs at the Grand Slam uh, in the game against the Phillies on Wednesday in the 8-4 win, uh, his first career Grand Slam, that he's starting to you know, pick it up a little bit, uh, hitting 268. However, I also want to include, because I feel like I'd be remiss if I did not, that Anthony Rizzo is playing out of his mind right now. Out of his I mean, mind. Out of his mind. I mean, he had another home run on Thursday. Uh, he's hitting for the season 274. But again, bear in mind, he was hitting in the 230s at one point. He's, he's the team leading 13 home runs, leading the team with 37 RBIs. And again, I've never, you and I have talked about this before. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like we're, we were never worried about Rizzo because Rizzo always gets off to slow starts yeah, yeah, and it was always going to get to that point. And, and you can always rely on him at the end of the year, hitting in the high, you know, the mid to mid to eighties, uh, mid to low to eighties with 30 plus and, you know, close to hundred RBIs. So like he's on pace for that right now. But my goodness, Anthony Rizzo right now could arguably be the most dangerous hitter in baseball with the way he's swinging the bat right now. So it's nice to see because Brian, of course, we talked about Chris Bryan as well, who all of a sudden found his stroke again, thankfully. And you got Javi, who obviously is, you know, just been so consistently awesome all year. So the big three, I mean, we got the big three right now who are all of a sudden starting to find their groove. And that's why this offense is, is running on all cylinders. And then you got a guy in Alberto Mora, who right now is starting to hit the ball a little better too. So, so the offense is, is starting to get there. Not even starting to get there. It's there. And the Cubs run differential right now is the highest in the national league. It's plus 63. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Th- th- this team is, is right on with where they should be uh, offensively right now. Yeah, you know, I you 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 initially we were talking about the inning about Al, Almora and heating up, and obviously he had you know his first Grand Slam um, in this 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 week, and it, it's exciting. You know, my challenges with Albert is he's still a platoon player, and when you you can have his defense and Hayward's defense, you can make up for the fact that you've got Kyle's defense over in left field. You can take over more of the field and give uh, give him a little bit of a break where he doesn't have to to cover it all. You know, Almora is batting, I believe. 200 if not 200 a little under 200 against lefties that's not sustainable you can't do that but what you speak to like the other players on the team and you know what what really really stands out for me you know at this point I expect Kyle Schwarber to, to heat up but we talked about this last week one of the innings was like Kyle Schwarber believe it or not like he's he's seeing more pitches his walk rates up he's actually other than being i think the second heaviest it was a stat that came out i was so sad for him second heaviest leadoff batter in major league history that was sent to me in a tweet really um, so sad but yeah i expect Kyle Schwarber to um to continue to 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 show a power surge i can see him um you know 25 home runs but right now you look at Rizzo you look at Baez you look at Bryant you look at Contreras those are all guys that could be mid thirties scratching 40 home runs. If that keeps up with where they are right now, that's where they're projecting out to with the numbers. This team has the potential to just be a juggernaut that no matter what the offense does, I mean, what the, uh, the pitching does rather the offense is going to put up a lot of runs and put a ton of pressure on that other bullpen.
Hello. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the friendly confines. And we are joined by the executive producer of Chicago Cubs baseball on 670 to score. We're talking with Herb Lawrence and you can find him on Twitter at ECNERWAL23. Herb, welcome to the friendly confines with Chad and Ryan. How you doing? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing well. Appreciate it's you good. having me on. Yeah, good to have you. And thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day to uh, chat with us about Cubs baseball. And uh, Herb, I got to ask your your Twitter handle. What exactly? How did you come up with your Twitter handle? Because it's a lot of letters and two numbers. So, so kind of take me through that if you can. Okay. Um, it is just Lawrence spelled backwards. Ah. And the reason why is because I work with a guy named Lawrence Holmes, and so um, I don't. I still. To this day, even though I have a different name uh, and a different uh, Twitter handle, still get confused for Lawrence Holmes, even though we're two different people, do two different jobs. And so I did the Eckner Wall thing just because I was tired of getting confused with Lawrence. And actually, I I got a a check of his one time from our job. And I was like, uh, yeah, this is way too much money. I'm going to call in the the, uh, HR people and make sure that they know that I'm not Lawrence Holmes, um, Herb Lawrence, and I don't make that much money. And the 23 is just, I was a Robin Ventura fan when I was a, a kid. Gotcha. And I do find the irony in the fact that you are the executive producer of Cubs baseball, but yet you are a diehard White Sox fan. So that is an interesting dynamic, but we appreciate you taking some time to talk about Cubs baseball as we enter here the seventh inning stretch on the friendly confines. So let's jump right into it. Um, obviously, the big story from game one against the Phillies is the fact that Jake Arrieta returned to Wrigley Field and at times looked uh, a bit uh, like he was going to kind of blow up, but really stayed uh, in the moment and really pitched well overall in the six innings going up against you, Darvish, who probably, for all intents and purposes, may have had one of his best starts of the year. Um, from what you were able to see last night in that pitching matchup, um, what did you kind of take away from what we saw last night between Arietta and Darvish? First, uh, Jake Arietta, he doesn't look like lost a lot. I mean, you know, Kyle Schwarber with the triple early, you could say that that was more of a mistake than the actual triple. Um, I, I just think McCutcheon doesn't know how to play left field correctly in Wrigley Field. He should have gone back to the wall a little bit quicker and not let that ball play him like it did. But, like, when he got in trouble, um, Arietta, I think he had runners on uh, – first and second or second and third with like no one out or one out and he got out of that jam um he looked like a vintage jake he was uh pretty filthy uh not you know his dominant 2015 jake but you know who else is going to be that but um you darvish have probably these last two pitches last two outings have been his best outings as a cup pitcher which is encouraging but not great at ace and he pitched well three any uh, three runs given up in six innings this is all you pretty much ask for any pitcher but i think we wanted a little bit more from what the cubs paid for you garbage a buck 26 especially when he's going against the guy that they chose him over so you know it's encouraging for the cubs to get these type of outings from you Darvish back to back and hopefully just stack them in um, the triple A catcher. Now Taylor Davis said that you Darvish is coming along. Like he caught him a couple times and every time his starts would come up, he was like, all right, he's coming to be the guy that we actually expected him to be. So you can see that he's a little bit better than he was earlier in the year. So it's encouraging that 
for the Cubs and their fans that you Darvish is this guy now than the guy who's walking everybody early in the year. Yep, absolutely. We're talking with Herb Lawrence, executive producer of Chicago Cubs baseball on 670 to score in Chicago, giving us a few minutes here on the friendly confines. Of course, the Cubs lose game one, five to four in 10 innings. Um, it seems like every now and then, or more times than lately, I would say, uh, Herb, is the fact that the Cubs seem to be able to battle back in late innings, but once again, the bullpen just continues after after actually for a while it looked like it, things had started to kind of smooth over and now we're starting to see the warts of that bullpen and and it's an overworked bullpen to say the least um is this something that just is going to continue to be a struggle for this team until Theo makes the move to try and find a dominant closer initially it's Theo's fault for relying well when I when he signed Brandon Morrow I said that was a mistake because when I was in San Diego, Brandon Morrow was in there for, I think, one year. Um, and then he went to the Dodgers. And I just looked at his whole career. He's never pitched over 70 innings. And that's what they were banking on. As a closer, you're expecting this pitch, I think, a minimum of 70 innings as, a, as you're the lockdown closer of a team. So that was a mistake initially last year for signing him. And then this year for relying on him coming back in May. That's a pipe dream. I mean, they knew it injuries. He had a setback, and he's probably not going to pitch this year. Secondly, to not even think about, I think it's an organizational philosophy to not pay big-time prime closers. They let um, Davis go a couple of years ago because they knew his number was going to be good, too high. They let Araldis Chapman go after the World Series. They knew his number was going to be way too high. And then to not even look at inquire about Craig Kimbrough was a big-time mistake. He's Statistically, one of the best pitchers of all time, uh, closers. I think he even has better numbers to this, to this point than Marion Rivera has. So they might have saw last year where he had a couple flaws, but still uh, 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 something to go in and say, hey, Craig Kimbrell, this will be the final piece to what we're trying to add bullpen issues last year. And we can see this year early real trouble with bullpen issues. You know, that stemmed the tide a little bit. They had an excellent bullpen for, like, the middle of April until the middle of May. And then people get tired. And you get injuries injuries to stroke. And you get injuries to Mike Montgomery, who finally came back. Those things keep on coming. You got to put guys like Ryan out there all the time. Brandon Kinsler out there all the time. You saw the good outing from C-Sheck, but he pitched 27 pitches. That's way too much for a guy of of his caliber. So he couldn't pitch last night. And so you got guys coming out there who are not ready to close, not ready to end out games. So, yeah, it's the fault of Theo for not seeing the foresight of his heirs. He's, for whatever he's good at picking position players and some free agents, he strikes out a lot on the bullpen, strikes out a lot on free agent bullpen guys. And I don't know why his philosophy is to not sign these long-term guys, but when you see a champion out there like Craig Kimbrough, he has to find it. He has to seize the time after the uh, the amateur draft where they don't have to give up a, comp- a compensatory pick for Craig Kimbrough after that and see if they can get Craig Kimbrough in here for maybe a, a half a season or if, if the he doesn't feel like dedicating all that money for a long four- or five-year contract, maybe two, th- two three-year contract for Ken Craig-, Craig Kimbrough, just see what he's asking for, because this can't go on. Their bullpen's like in the middle of the road right now. They can't be 
the World Series contenders that they think they want to be if they don't have a, a solidified bullpen. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. No, that needs to be addressed uh, at the trading deadline, no doubt. Um, one other big story that you know we need to keep a watchful eye on is Javi Baez, who uh, tweaked his ankle in the final game against the Nationals on Sunday night. He didn't play on Monday against the Phillies. He's going to be out of the lineup in Game 2 against the Phillies. Um, from anything that you're hearing right now, what is this more of just kind of a day-to-day injury? Uh, what is the team saying about when we can expect Baez back in the lineup, if at from my understanding, it's just a day-to-day in- injury, and it's uh, maintenance now, too, because he played pretty much every single game. He had to get a break um, last week, but he's played all these games in a row for this team, and this is just a minor injury. Ron Kumar, our broadcast, said, you know, for time to time, an infielder, especially if he's doing a play like Javi was, a do-or-die, barehanded, uh, throwing off one foot type of play with a little slick grass in Washington, um, you get those type of uh, rough uh, heel injuries and uh, tweaks to your ankle. So just maintenance right now. Don't want to uh, exasperate the problem tonight. It's a cold, rainy night in Chicago, so probably not the greatest day to have him out there. Uh, I see him in the lab either Wednesday or Thursday. Temperatures are going to be much better those two days. So, And, you know, Javi's not the guy to just be out of the, the lineup. And if he was out of the lineup for extended time, I think they would already – but I, what I, the indications I'm getting is that it's a day-to-day thing. He'll be back in there when he's ready to go, 100%. All right. We're talking with Herb Lawrence, the executive producer of Chicago Cubs Baseball and 670 to score. And, again, you can find Herb on Twitter at ECNERWAL23. That's Lawrence spelled backwards uh, because he doesn't want to confuse anybody with Lawrence Holmes, understandably so. Herb, mm-hmm. thanks so much, buddy, for a few minutes here on the Friendly Confines. We so appreciate it. We would love to have you back on the program uh, sometime down the line this year if uh, you're willing to do it. Thanks again for the time. Anytime. Thank you for having me. You got it. And our thanks to Herb Lawrence of the – score 670 in Chicago uh always good to hear from him now a friend of the show and uh Chad I, I'm, I'm excited because you know now we got some folks from the score that we're going to be able to tap into we got some other big names that we got coming up for some guests so uh pretty exciting stuff pretty exciting stuff and you know Cubs Twitter Chad it's it's obviously all the rage uh we got also people that are going to be guests of ours down the line part of Cubs Twitter um, because you you basically could become a celebrity uh, just on Twitter alone if you are a guy who is uh, invested in the Cubs. And uh, shoot, you and I are among that, although we are not even close to being a celebrity. We uh, feel like we are celebrities in our own minds sometimes, uh, or at least to our families we are. But you can <laughs> find uh, our Twitter handles on, on uh, Chad's is Cubs at Cubs Confines, and I am at Ryan D. Lieber. So feel free to uh, reach out to us, and uh, we would love to hear from you for anything and everything uh, regarding the podcast and, of course, our beloved Chicago Cubs. I look at what, like, Mark Silverman do, does, uh, a, a alumni of ours, classmate of mine in college, and, and a friend of the show, you know, Sylvie on the Waddle and Sylvie show and how he tweets like during, I mean, it's his job, basically, to, you know, be tweeting at every, you know, basically, you know, watching every Cubs event. I need to step up my, my Twitter game, but I will say when I'm watching the game, I like to watch the game and I usually engage over text with my friends and everything, but I need to step that up. What I will say 
because you talked about our friends and 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 uh, family. You know, when 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 we're getting, you know, we're we're at, at, at close to eight thousand uh, listeners right now. Um, you know, my hope is Mike McCarthy. So I don't know if that was another little big news out there, but he was named the general manager of the new Marquee Network, and I gotta assume. I gotta assume that he's out there looking for the next hot talent, and they probably are gonna gonna want to have some sort of uh, podcast platform. So, Mike, if you're out there and you somewhat like what you hear, you're you're a star maker. You could probably work with us. Um, we will uh, we'll definitely consider. Uh, you know, well, I guess I'll just say if you've got an, a contract or a job offer for us, Ryan and I will listen. Not sure if we'll quit our day jobs because we do like. Uh, keeping the avocation and the vocation separately. But um, but in all honesty, yes, Mike McCarthy, reach out to us. I'm at Cubs Confines, or you can find me at the Chad Gordon. That's my other Twitter handle. I've got about 8,000 people on that one. I've got to build up the Cubs. So you can find us on the Cubs, Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook headquarters, the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook headquarters. Just search for that. It's a fun group, a couple thousand people on there right now, um, and lots of game updates. Uh, so let's get, let's get moving on to the eighth inning, Ryan. And this is – Let's just file this under. What could we get away with if we were a celebrity? What could we get away with if we were Eddie Vedder? Obviously, Eddie Vedder was on the field. So was Bill Murray after they won game seven in Cleveland. But what we saw uh, uh, earlier this week was John Cusack sitting in those great seats in the the 1914 club right up against the net where he's visible on TV because he's John flipping Cusack. And guess what he did when when the – I can't remember the Cubs player was kind of walking by – he let out a little vape. He was vaping inside Wrigley Field. Come on, Rhino. We'd be thrown out in a second, right? Yeah, and and poor John Cusack, man. He shows up to one game, and, I mean, he's vaping. Then there's a picture of him that surface where he's apparently sitting uh, during a military uh, salute, and he gets into a fight with a bunch of people on Twitter about it because he claims that – he did stand up and it's just, he didn't do it immediately. Like everybody, you know, else did. And my goodness, like people were just going after him and after him. And I, I mean, it just, unfortunately it wasn't a good look for the 52 uh, year old actor, but yeah, man, I mean, listen, being a celebrity has its, its perks. And, you know, even a guy like Cusack who, listen, I've always loved his movies. He's a, a uh, bonafide 80s and 90s superstar. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I can't sit here and say he's really done a heck of a lot uh, these last uh, five to 10 years, per se. But, you know, you know, he does. He does. He actually is. A, he, he is a big supporter of local theater. So I'll say that because that's where he got his start. His mom actually got him in, in, the, in that field. So he's he's loc- He's helping local theater. So I'll give you that. But, yeah, I don't think I mean, I think that what was that movie? 2006 or 2012? That 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 uh, disaster movie. I yes. think that was. The, yes. I think we're going to see him headline a movie. See now, I want to go to his IMDb page and That's see so like what he's John, done. I love you, John. I absolutely love you. So don't don't take this as a knock. I mean, don't and forget what Ryan said. I think I think you're a phenomenal. We'd love to have you on the show. But honestly, John, I've also <laughs> wait a minute. Wait John, a minute. I well, am a no, big John just, Cusack fan. I like John well, Cusack. Come I on know, now. But you know what, what? What I'll say is I I I know for a fact. Because I have been in situations where I've seen John. He's a double barrel vapor. That guy, he's just that guy. And you guys see him all the time where just, you know, smoke clouds just exploding out of his head. So the guy's clearly addicted. That's a, By the way, kids, all the kids that are listening, don't vape, man. That stuff's yeah. bad for you. We're going to find out later on that that, like, causes, like, your head to just, just fall off at, like, 40. So don't vape. Just don't do that. But, John, I think uh, – 
you got to stop vaping at Wrigley Field. If, if Wrigley has not told you to not do that again, I bet they've told him after they listened to this on the, on the friendly confines. Yeah, he's doing a lot of direct to uh, VOD uh, oh, movies no. now. Uh, he's doing a lot of that now. You know, I mean, Hot Tub Time Machine, I thought that was a really funny movie. Oh, yeah. That was and, 2010. And number two, yeah. Um, yeah, he, well, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't in the sequel. He was not in the sequel. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and it was probably a good, oh, I know. Now, um, as long as we're talking about this. Well, I didn't say he was good in it. I didn't say he was good. I said it was number two was pretty good is what I said. You liked number two. Okay. No, See, no it was a train wreck. There will not be a number. Three. No, but you know what? He was actually good in the last movie. I actually saw him in was a movie called love and mercy. It came out in 2014. He played Brian Wilson of the beach boys. It was, that was actually a very good movie. Um, <sighs> and if you get a chance, that's an interesting movie about Brian Wilson, but we're, we're getting off track, but yes, no. to, to no, your no, point, no, no. we're talking about, we're talking about a biopic, a biopic on Brian Wilson starring John Cusack. We're not off, off track at all. Right. This is right where we need to be. Yeah, you're probably right. And, and, but with that being said, I, I am trying to think of to the point that the Cubs will probably allow, because they do love their celebrity fans, right? They love their Bill Murray's and their Eddie Vedder's, as you mentioned, and their John Cusack's and, you know, all of those folks that, you know, come to the Cubs games and, and do their thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the Jim Belushi's who, uh, you know, again, we'd love to have him on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, that those are the people that uh, the Cubs certainly cater to and uh, can certainly maybe have a little more leeway uh, than 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 people uh, of 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 most Cub Cub fandom to uh, say the least. Here's the thing: there's a good chance we're not going to get Cusack now. I think we 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 missed it. But if you're a listener, did I John, blow it? And I, no, I feel, like, I feel I, bad. I think, you know, he's he's going to be like, "Come on, guys! You haven't done a lot of celebrity celebrity news. You haven't really ripped on other guys." But the eighth inning is now becoming that. Really, it really is. It's got to be a lighter take on things. And John, we you know we know you're a long time. We assume you're a long time listener. You're not a member of the Facebook uh, Friendly Confines page. Age, but please consider coming on the show. You, you know, you know yeah. who I really, actually, Chad, as long as we're talking about dream guests, you know, yeah, who I'd yeah, really yeah. love to get on the show as well. Who's a huge Cubs fan. And she goes to every opening day is Bonnie hunt, the oh, yeah. actress, Bonnie hunt, who, who believe it or not, I, I may be able to convince a, someone that I'm friends with to see if she would come on the show with us. You know what? Don't say that. Don't say that. If, <laughs> unless we're going to get Bonnie hunt, because, but, but first off, I'll put nothing past you because I have literally gotten, what have I gotten? Two guests? Two? Was it just Sylvie? Who else did I get? I mean, yeah, I know you've gotten all of them. I think it was Sylvie. That was basically your guest. I, I do believe I was and the Jason one Belanke. Said, You got Jason no, Belanke. I said Belanke. I said Belanke, and I yeah. love Belanke. And I went out, I got Belanke, and I got Sylvie, and honestly, honestly, those are probably two of my favorite guests. But, uh, <laughs> two but your for the listeners out there, Ryan Lieber is just he is so well connected so if, if, if you tell me you're gonna get bonnie hunt i'm not even I, I i believe that there's no i mean when you said hey i got i got contact information last year for chet copic are you and then like two days later we had chet copic on the show i don't doubt you but don't tease me all right bonnie hunt and not bring me bonnie hunt all right i'm gonna work on bonnie hunt you know i love it's like a challenge to me i do enjoy this uh of trying to get our guests to come on and well, it's always a fun Bob a Costas. fun challenge Bob Costas, Joe Buck. Uh, I would love to get uh, Skip or Chip Carey. You know, uh, you know. Let's go Chip on that one. Yes, again, Skip, Skip might connected. be a little yeah. tougher to get. Skip might it be might, hard. Might be tough. Sorry about Just that. Slightly. <laughs> might be. I did, the... We did that too. We talked about Jack Buck. Last you did. Time. You like, did mention Jack Buck. Well, you repeated it. You repeated Jack Buck. 
Um, you know, who, you know, who else? I mean, you know, we think about all that, but I, I would love to, you know, dream guest is I would love to get um, start getting more players on. And I know I think we have to go through Cubs PR to do that. And, and we probably have to offer up a steak dinner or something. I don't know. Maybe when the, the sponsorships get bigger and bigger, yes. we can do that sort of yes. stuff. But you know what? This is a perfect use of Twitter. This is a perfect use of Twitter. So uh, listeners, if you want to um, uh, at um, uh, Ryan's Twitter, if you want to at my Twitter, uh, do that. Let us know who your favorite must-have guest is, and uh, and we're going to choose one of the one of those tweets that comes out in the next couple of weeks, and you'll have a pair of uh, free Cubs tickets coming your way. So Ooh. there's a little challenge, a little challenge for the listeners if they if they got through. The uh, John Cusack, uh, where you just destroyed the chances of, of John coming on. Um, if they got past that part, got through the Bonnie part, and got to that offer, well, let's see. And if they remember what our – got to go backwards now and remember what our tr- Twitter handles are. So it's a yeah. lot of work on their part, but a free pair of Cup t- tickets coming up, and I absolutely guarantee it. Um, so I can't wait to award that. So let's move on yes. to the final inning. we got to close this puppy out. Close it and, out. And, and so, again, great series win against the Nationals. Um I believe uh, uh, not a disappointing split against the Phillies, which is leading the East. Now you've got some chance. You've got a chance for retribution against the last team um, to uh, to beat the Cubs in a series, the Cincinnati Reds. Um, but this is actually in Chicago at Wrigley Field. How do you look ahead to this series and the Reds? You know, there's only a seven game spread in the Central. This is a very tough division. You know, they've got 23 wins uh, or 22 wins, the 21-25 getting there, 21-22 wins. The Cubs have 21 going into the Friday series. How important for you and how do you look at this red series shaping up? Yeah, I, I can't figure it out. I mean, the Cubs have had their, their issues with Cincinnati. They, they had problems with them last year, uh, and, and we saw it again in Cincinnati where the Cubs lost two or three. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe it's – being in Cincinnati or, or it's just for whatever reason, they just, the Cubs don't match up well with the Reds, but yeah, it it is kind of a head scratcher for me. Um, This is an important series. I mean, listen, they're all big series, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta, I I mean, we've said this before and I mean, I sound like this is just, you know, coach speak, but you gotta beat the teams that you're supposed to win against. And the Reds are in last place right now. I mean, they are not a good baseball team. They're not a terrible baseball team, but they're not a good baseball team. And while there is talent in Cincinnati, uh, Joey Votto and Yasiel Puig and, and whatnot, the, you know, there's there are lots of reasons why the Cubs should really dominate this series. Um, and, and man, would a sweep be good because uh, you got the interleague series against Houston, which is not going to be a cakewalk by any stretch. And then you're going to St. Louis. So, you know, let's 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 take care of the easy wins uh, when we have the opportunity, because you might not be able to win the series against you. So as I was saying, man, would a sweep be good in the sense that you got to beat the teams like Cincinnati because there's no guarantee you're going to go into Houston or St. Louis and be able to take two of three. So the the Red Series for me, Chad, uh, is a key series because I'm not expecting them to win 
two out of three or sweep Houston and or St. Louis. My, my take is what I let off with, which is this is a tough division. It's a seven and a half game spread right now, which is not a lot. There are teams that are 15, 20 games almost out. Uh, the Cubs are, are scraping their, the 30th win going into this Red Series. All I would like to see is another series win and then move on to the next one. Keep winning series. Don't look back. Stay fired up. Have people stay healthy. That's the goal to get us into June. All right. Very good. Well, that is going to wrap things up on this edition of the Friendly Confines. Our thanks to Herb Lawrence of The Score. For Chad, I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Go Cubs and have a good week. See you at the ballpark, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field The first time you walk into Wrigley